You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's time now for It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And today I'm speaking to Tanita Conradi from Brenthurst Wealth in Pretoria. Now we're talking about the retirement issue and we talk about it a lot, uh, Tanita, but we can't we, we can't talk about it enough, I don't think, because people are not providing for their retirement. I'm just going to read the headline of the piece that you've recently published. It says, Money Ratios to Keep Your Retirement Savings on Track. That's the headline. Afterwards, you say, it's easier to master life's big responsibilities if you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Second to raising a family, retirement planning is probably the biggest financial responsibility we all have. Uh, yet it remains challenging in view of the information overload regarding retirement and the wide range of options to consider. I'll just go on for one more sentence before you come in. It says, this can be very dangerous if you feel overwhelmed, causing you instead to do nothing about your retirement. I can understand that information overload. This means that your future will remain uncertain unless you take active steps to be better prepared. And what you do point out later on is that you get back to the basics. And I want you to start with the basics. The basics of retirement, from my point of view, as a layman, Tanita, is that you have to have enough money to live out the winter years of your life. It's as simple as that. Yes, Lindsay. That's why I thought writing this article, it would be a good guideline for people to know whether they are on the right track or if they have to make changes. Because as you said, it's so overwhelming with all the information out there it's a good thing to at least just have, you know, the basic concepts or the basic ratios as I'm going to discuss in the, the article, but just to know what it is you should look out for and more or less where you should be depending on your financial situation. So with this article, I'd like to discuss the different ratios that people should look at. Okay, let's start with uh, your point number one, retirement savings ratio. How much of your gross salary are you saving every month do you know? That's the question that you ask. Go on from there, please, Tanita. Yes, so it's a good ratio in terms of how much are you saving for your retirement. So the percentage of your monthly income that you should be saving. And of course, it's easier for um, someone who has um, worked for a few years uh, than someone who's just started working. Um, but uh, as an average, it is recommended that they try to save at least um, 50, 15% of their pre-tax salary. Um, also, it's always better um, or more beneficial if uh, your employer can also help, you know, contribute to a pension fund or a retirement annuity. Um, but if possible, the people should also try and look at, um, you know, and if it fits within their budget, um, if they can save more uh, not necessarily if they have the pension or an RA already in place, but maybe they can look at a discretionary investment and just, um, you know, invest, uh, pay a monthly amount into this discretionary investment, but where they can take a little bit more risk, especially over the longer term. Um, and we've seen many times that, you know, by having a longer investment horizon and having the a more aggressive uh, portfolio, it will definitely beat inflation over the longer term. 
Okay, good point. Uh, point number two, which is also a good point, and it's emergency fund. And I think the reason you've put this in there is because even though you think your life is bowling along and uh, everything's going fine, something always comes uh, <laughs> from out of the blue, like, for example, uh, the global health crisis or pandemic, as people call it. And so you have to have an emergency fund there, something that's going to, you know, sort of cushion the blow of something that is unexpected. So maybe you could go into that as well. As you've said, we've seen what the pandemic, a lot of households were unprepared for the situation, mm -hmm. but there could be other situations such as, you know, maybe a big medical expense or your car's broken down. So to all of a sudden have that big, you know, expense out of your budget can um, hurt your finances in the long term. So that's why it's always best to just make sure that that um, emergency fund is in place should something happen, you can pay it from that portion and you can still maintain the rest of your portfolio and, you know, keep on for that portfolio to keep growing as the time goes by. But also just for people to more or less uh, have an idea of how much the emergency fund should consist of is about six months expenses. But of course, it depends on everybody's situation. But just to make sure that you are covered, six months expenses is quite a, a good aim uh, to go for. So what you're saying um, is, sorry to interrupt you, you, you said in your, in your first point that we should be saving 15% of our gross income before tax, obviously. And this emergency fund is on top of that, right? So you, you have an emergency fund. So it means that you're saving slightly more than 15% a month. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it depends on, of course, what salary it is that they are getting. Mm. But if they could more or less aim for six months expenses, right. but the saving for retirement will be a completely different portion because that would be more focused on, you know, long term savings. Okay, point number three, debt to income ratio. Now, this is something that maybe governments, treasury or finance ministries will be looking at from a sovereign point of view, but you're applying it to the household as well. Tell us about the debt-to-income ratio and why it's important. Yeah, so this will help people to get a better sense of how well they are managing their finances. This ratio also indicates how much of the income they spend on servicing debt. It is recommended that your short-term debt, um, which is you know credit cards and short-term loans, should be around 30%. Um, although it's always better um, to have less you know, than 30%. Um, if you can manage it, but it's, it depends on each one's situation. And um, because you also have, you know, you have good, if you can put it that way, good debt like your your house and your car. Um, I mean, that that those are debts that usually are there. But also another point I want to make regarding, um, you know, the houses um, is the housing to income ratio. So this shows how much of your income you spend on um, housing, you know, your housing every month. An ideal percentage for people to work on is to have their housing expenses shouldn't be more than 30% of their income. I understand that. Even I understand that. You explained it very well. Point number four and the final point, net worth. Now, this is terribly important. And you say calculating your net worth is a great way to keep tabs on how well you're doing in accumulating assets. And you go on to say you get this number by using the easy formula of total assets minus total liabilities equals net worth. In other words, what you've got and what you have to spend, that's how much you're worth. But obviously, it's a slightly more complicated than that. So maybe you could, uh, again, expand upon it. 
this is just to know whether you're on the right track or not. Of course, as you've said, it, it depends on where they are in their journeys and uh, where they are, whether they've started working or if they're close to retirement, um, their net worths will be different. But it's, it's good to know if you're on the right track, if your liabilities are more than your assets, then maybe it's time to make a few changes in your your financial structure. So there are many components that you have to include in your financial plan, but that's why we always say try and, you know, engage with a financial planner so that they can help you to make those informed decisions. Exactly. And you say that in your last um, paragraph, it says it's recommended that you engage with an experienced, qualified advisor to get the best insights to make informed decisions on what changes to make suited to your specific requirements and goals. And the thing is that everybody's uh, specific requirements and goals are different. There's not, I don't think there's, it's not a cookie cutter, as they say in America, approach to this sort of thing. So yeah, just sit down with someone and say, well, I'm earning this, I'm earning that. Maybe I need to do this in the future. It's a bespoke business this financial services business tanita thank you very much for your insight it made a lot of sense that's tanita conradi who is from brentos wealth in pretoria and that was it's my money it's my money was brought to you by brentos wealth an award-winning boutique wealth management company the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of lindsay williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.